0: Welcome back to the Russians. Hi, hello. You know the hosts already. I'm not going to introduce them. We have a guest on for you today. Uh, A special guest. Every guest is a special guest, but this one is extra special. Uh, Dave Anthony, uh, who's a comedian and the host of The Dollop uh, and other podcasts. So, um, you know, just uh, two podcasters talking to another podcaster today about (laughs) podcasting.
1: Great content. (laughs)
0: Hey, welcome! Thanks, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so I'll I'll, I'll give a little back back backstory here, a quick one. So, you know, initially I I wanted to have Dave, Dave on. Um, You know, I've kind of been friendly with Dave ever since you guys, at the Dollop, did uh, did this great episode on the Resnicks and the water, the water politics of California. Uh, It's been it's been some years now, and um, so you know, I've been kind of. You know, I've been a fan of your stuff ever since, ever since I got to kind of become become aware of you. And so I wanted to have you on for a while to talk about, I don't know, just the the, the kind of the, I don't know, like the one thing that's interesting about, you know, uh, the, the comedy world is that, you know, when, when some com- some comedians fail, they kind of move right. Um, yeah. And, you know, l- l- lately that's kind of been happening in the podcasting realm, right? Uh, cause, you know, podcasting is sort of the new medium for, you know, for where a lot of comedy takes place, I guess, or, or doesn't yeah. take place, I don't know, depending on your view on it, uh, of, of the quality of it. But, you know, so we, I wanted to talk to you about how, you know, a lot of po- comedy podcasters are sort of moving, right. But the more that I thought about that, you know, I just, it was just, it's kind of just focusing on that, on that shift and, and some of these personalities, you know, I don't know, like people like Jimmy Dore, it's just too fucking depressing, uh, and it's, it's too much of a downer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's very depressing for me because I've known Jimmy, Jimmy for like 25 years. So to watch that's him crazy. Do this is really bizarre. Yeah, and and I,
0: uh, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't actually quite realize that you've you've known him for that long because you just were in the same comedy circles, right? Um, yeah,
2: I mean we we've been friends for a long time, and you know up until whatever the beginning of COVID, um, he just went off the rails. I mean he was he was moving in that way a little bit, but he just completely lost his mind. So, yeah, yeah, we we like you know I'd go over to his house and hang out and like they, you know we were legitimate actual friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, and I mean, I, I'd like to get into that a little bit later and maybe in the episode, but you know, but, but what I wanted to say was that you know we wanted to kind of bro- broaden the the talk of b- topic a bit more. Um, uh, you know, not, not just focus on sort of the, the the depressing side of the business, but just generally the cultural the cultural trend of podcasting and and, and the comedy world, and you know how comedians have been. Going to podcasting, you know, basically as soon as the me- as soon as the format sort of appeared, right? And and yeah. going and also going the other way, like the, the, basically podcasters, you know, people who started out of podcasting going into the into the comedy world for, for real, and so and you know, just be-
1: generally, it feels like you know, po- podcasts at least like um, I don't know the the ones that kind of I like guess younger people host, the successful ones are basically a version of maybe loose, maybe not the best, but like stand up comedy kind of.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they really it are. Feels
0: at least the ones that, yeah. I mean, Chapo Chapo's probably the most, you know, the most famous, famous one probably, probably example of, of of that, right? Um
2: Yeah, they're very funny and and they're smart and um yeah, it's almost like a, you know, I feel like stand-up comedies doesn't meet the modern time really. It just seems stale and kind of weird a little bit. Um But podcasting Do you mean more the format yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I think the format is uh it's not great to meet, like, if you want to discuss actual legitimate topics and stuff, it's very hard in stand-up comedy because you have to make the audience laugh and, you know, people end up doing dick jokes instead of <laughs> having, like, a, a, a really good, you know, <laughs> premise. Uh, so it's, it's a hard medium to sort of be yourself and, and to make your points. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think I get it because you 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 can't have any downtime, right? Like you can't have any yeah. um, dead
2: space or something. Well, it's
1: right? rigid in a way, way yeah. more rigid, right? You, you, you way have more to get,
2: rigid, you have to yeah. like always be building up to a laugh, essentially, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know you, if you're going to work as a comedian, if you don't get laughs, the club isn't going to bring you back. So you end up <laughs> just doing stupid stuff to get laughs. At the end of the day, there's a few comedians so that can, you know do a good job with that kind of stuff, but they're few and far between.
0: Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I kind of yeah because the the lines kind of almost blurred between. Um, I mean, there's it's always been blurry. I mean, obviously, you know, comedians have always been commenting on like culture and politics, but like the I don't know the 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 line has been sort of uh, you know from from like a political talk show essentially to like a comedy set. It's like the line has been almost completely blurred. I think you know like the same. Um, so it's, 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 it's it's such a big part of our political culture now too, in a way that I think didn't really, you know, I don't know, it it wasn't really such a, I mean, I don't know, like there was like more of a line between entertainment and and politics or something, right? Like in the, in the comedy world.
2: Yeah. I think there used to be, and, and you also, if, if you're up on stage and you're doing stand up you know, it's your act, but now you're seeing. With podcasts, well, now you're listening to these guys talk a lot more and you're getting their genuine opinions where you didn't really get them before through stand up. I mean, you got little flavors here and there, but you know, it's it's a lot of content if you're doing a podcast. So people really get to hear what these people think. And I don't think that's ever happened before. So <laughs> pulling the Probably, curtain back yeah. and going, <laughs>
0: it's, they're not great. But that's pretty funny, are bad right? opinions. You, yeah, yes. Because like you weren't sure what the act was. I mean, it was always an act, right? And so the act obviously represented yeah. like some version of yourself, like, you know, uh, some version of your personality. But it wasn't like, it was always ambiguous, you know, right? It wasn't so yeah. obvious. What, what, But but you listen to some someone talk enough, and um, I mean, I mean, there's you rare be, you know, yeah.
2: there's there's the the George Carlin sort of thing, which is you know that's who he was. But it's funny, like Dave Chappelle is another guy. You know, obviously he's taken a turn, but but for a while there, he would do bits. And it would be true, 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 and then he would end it on some crazy, not real thing, which is to me a total cop out. So it's like even him, even him, uh, Chappelle, who was very gifted, he still found it very hard to just end it realistically. It's it's a really hard thing to do to find a button.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that because just the, the punchline wasn't good enough? Basically, you know.
2: Yeah the the real the reality you know that you're going for wasn't uh, enough. I always remember one. He had a bit about a baby walking around in uh, in the hood. You know, it's like you know this weird thing of you know you see babies walking around (laughs) sort of alone, and then he he ended it by having the baby do something that a baby wouldn't do, and you're like, no, there's a like you gotta find an ending to that because it's a a great real thing that people don't know about it, but then he just took it to this crazy place, and it's like. Yeah, that's what stand up is. You have to find something to make the audience laugh, or else your thing ends kind of weird, and just, <laughs> it just doesn't work.
1: But what about someone like Mark Maron?
2: I'm friends with Mark, so it's it's hard for me to be unbiased. But I think what Mark does is is fairly exceptional, um, as far as meeting the moment and talking about realistic stuff. He, he to me, doesn't do what I'm describing. He he just. He seems to call it like it is, and I think he does right. a really sort of fascinating thing. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with what he's doing. I,
0: I mean, I know that Jenny is kind of, a, you know, has listened to Mark Maron's podcast almost since the beginning, right? Because you were like, um, I mean, it's, you have a funny story about how you even found him, like because you were looking for something.
1: I don't know. It was bizarre. I think I was in Moscow back then, and maybe like what is it, 2010 or something. And um, I think um, iTunes the whole podcasting thing wasn't even a thing yet like in terms of apps and the podcasting so it just would pop up there like i think it may be like the front page of itunes podcast or something Mm -hmm. like this the the what the fuck thing so it was just accident i didn't i didn't know about extended. you found it by accident basically it was complete accident and um it seemed like something really bizarre i know it changed the format but it still has that element that it's just like a guy kind of complaining in an entertaining thing in an entertaining way about life. <laughs> yeah. In a way, or is angry about something which is seems to be like one to one kind of like his stand up and the podcast it seems to be like genuine <laughs> genuine it's <pretty> personality. Genuine. <laughs> it's genuine, it's right? Genuine. Yeah, it feels yeah. that way. So so this is kind of kind of co- counter to what you say about most um kind of stand up acts it's
2: it's bizarre. Yeah, he's sort of the exception to the rule. That I think it's very hard for stand ups to Really show who they are on stage, but I think he really does.
1: Yeah, but but when you say like it, you need actually because the format is somewhat rigid usually, and what's expected mm-hmm. is a, always some sort of punchline, and you need to get like certain number of laughs throughout an act. How does it like? How someone like him or or, or you two? How do you reconcile? How is it reconcile? How can it happen that someone can have a genuine sort of I don't know ex- expression?
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because and this, this this goes back to something I was told by a comedian named Jake Johansson a long time ago, and then I told Mitch Hedberg this and Mitch Mitch Hedberg later told me he's like that was the biggest influence of my career. And I was like, well, it wasn't really my advice, but if you go as a stand up, you can work in town at like little rooms around your town and develop your act, but once people start going out on the road and you're in Iowa and you're in Chicago and you're in New York or whatever You start your act starts to sort of homogenize and work to all different kinds of audiences because you're trying to make everybody laugh that are in different regions and have different political points of view and everything else. So your act just becomes less pointed and less of sort of who you really are. And so I told Mitch what I was always told, which was stay in town until you find your voice is what it's called until you really hmm. figure out who you are on stage interesting. and then go out on the road and then you won't be as influenced by those audiences. So it's really, it's called finding your voice and it takes a long time to get there. Some comedians do it and figure it out, but most don't. And they have this sort of weird personality that they take on. That's kind of like them, but not really them. Um, but it's really not common to find someone like Mark who is very much himself on stage because he's the same guy on the podcast as he is in, in a room and also on stage. He's the exact same guy. It's just – it's rare. It's a really hard thing to do to figure it out.
0: I mean, is it – do you think it's more of just some kind of in, innate thing almost than rather than um uh, something that you can fully learn to, to I think, a degree? I
2: think it's – I think it's really about being comfortable on stage and being comfortable with not getting laughs and, and working through that. Mm -hmm. Like David Cross uh, is a really good example of a guy I watched, you know, years ago and he would just bomb, but he just kept like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And same thing with and Groffalo They, they just, they would go up and just eat it in front of 200 people. (laughs) And five people would be laughing, but they just plow ahead and eventually, you know, they found their audiences and they're very much themselves. It's just, it's really about like being confident that eventually it will come. But most comedians don't want that. They just want to get laughs and they will do anything to get them.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of, you know, it kind of, it's funny. It's like, um, I I never really thought about it before you sort of started talking about it, but, um, you know, the, 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 immediate feedback, right. That you get as a comedian, Mm-hmm. Uh, on stage, is kind of like it's like a pre-internet <laughs> version of like you know, uh, kind of uh, getting the sort of the algorithmic uh, sort of being radicalized by their algorithm. You know, it's like the when you when you when you, because w- one thing about the internet that's I think damaged a lot of journalism and just generally you know, damaged yeah the, the journalistic world is that you know it's I mean at first it was like you know the ad revenue right so you want to get as many eyeballs basically on, on a mm-hmm. web page as possible. And so there's a kind of race to the bottom and, you know, of just pumping out any kind of any kind of stuff any kind of content you know the the, the the even the term content you know became popularized it's like you just need content to get as many eyeballs on the page as possible so you can make money right so i mean leading to you know eventually like websites like buzzfeed right that basically took it to just to, to the to the to the like the to the maximum level of of, yeah. of, of that you know just just trash just trash stuff right just uh, pictures of pictures of funny animals and <laughs> and that's, that's it right. you know uh And so, and and then you know that when that failed to actually bring in a bunch of money to these to these companies, you know, it it sort of it sort of started falling away. But then it was kind of replaced by a different model, you know, which I which I kind of inhabit at this at the moment. You know, is basically being kind of direct. You're funded by your subscribers and you're funded by your fans, essentially, right? So if your fans don't like something, um, they unsubscribe. Right, <laughs> yeah, and and so um, that has like a and that was supposed to herald this new kind of uh, generation of great journalism because you're you're removing this for sort of the influence of of the editor, you know, who is like the editor is obviously hired by like you know the the <laughs> boss of the newspaper and you know who owns the newspaper or whatever and has this there's a sort of like you know corporate control over journalism, right? Um, and you you go straight to direct to consumer, like it's a more of a direct <laughs> democracy democracy <laughs> thing. But all to, actually, what it did is unleashed the forces of like a this direct market right um type of journalism yeah. where you're right to the market you're right for the laughs essentially right um uh-huh. and if you don't really if you don't really have a voice or like or any kind of integrity basically i maybe that's the 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 version of the voice you know or like a persona you know like if you don't have any integrity and you just want, you just want money and you want attention right um yeah. you just go you just go to exactly where that leads you you know um and i we've sort of seen that i think particularly i don't know after the end of the bernie campaign you know the collapse of the bernie campaign a lot of people sort of on the kind of the world that i kind of inhabit you know sort of for this substack well just not a substack but yeah. this nebulous kind of le- right. left leaning kind of world of journalism and and, and and news media in america you know like a lot that you saw like the, the sort of the whole thing sort of fraying and people just move, basically kind of reacting to the market essentially where, where, wherever the market was and and it was and the re- market was you know always a bit more reactionary, more right wing, and so it just like radicalized people in that direction. Sort of, they found their
2: voice through this kind of feedback <laughs> uh, process. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, very it's very similar to stand up in that way, and and you know they're going in the direction of the audience that they're seeing that that's the way to go to have success. I wonder if to, like are they convincing themselves that this is you know. What they believe now, or do they actually believe it like which which one is leading which yeah
0: i don't know i think I think they kind of probably go in parallel you know um there's t- <laughs> they developed in parallel maybe i' haven't, you know i have no idea to be honest um i mean this is i mean i don't know it's i mean you know i mean you you, you know this this journalism like stand up i guess um is <laughs> kind of like stand up on some level you know i mean it yeah. it it it, it, it uh, attracts people Who kind of want to be At the center of things Who want attention Who want some kind of who You know Who who want adoration No but there's way yeah. more
1: pretense yes. It's not but, yes, It's way but with, the comedi- with the comedian At least
0: there's honesty That's all yeah. you really want You're not trying to be <laughs> You know You're not trying to save the world Basically you know Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're not trying to be Moral about things Yeah yeah yeah
2: Right, there's no, there's no ethics. Yeah. <laughs> there's no ethics in up. There's no like moral line or anything like that. It's just you know well you just now get the there laugh. is now- well now there is yeah. yeah but you know
0: it's just yeah it's interesting it's 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 kind of it's almost but it's all yeah yeah it's like now that I think about it you know it's such a pervasive thing where because you know I don't know like I don't know what a, maybe there's other good examples but like you know like someone like Jimmy Dore, you know it's like he's oh he was a comedian right and he's still sort of mm-hmm. a you know. A comedian—that's how he presents himself. But he is also like extremely ridiculous. I mean, the, the level of 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 moral, um, like high ground he 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 he's purchased. I mean, he has like the the highest. You can't get higher than him, you know. It's like so. It, it doesn't act actually make any fucking sense. It's not first of all, it's not funny, you know. To be just yeah. To be just tisk tisking everybody and, and being you know and 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 being so. um smug about about how how good you are and and like yelling at i don't know like yelling at epidemiologists and scientists for them like not working hard <laughs> enough to develop like a vaccine that actually works you know 100 percent you know it's like it's just like that's that i mean so the, the melding of comedy and politics has been complete in a way you know and and not just in like the negative version of it which is like as a comedian you know you can't there's like lines that you can't cross there's more of them maybe now than before but also like just put you know, comedians have become a lot more political generally But also, like, if yeah.
1: Trump was the best comedian and like, his presidency Better <laughs> it's than true, yeah. actually working <laughs> comedians What can you say? So, the, I mean, that line maybe is fully <laughs> <then> crossed
0: <laughs> the, the comedy world is, is completely Like, it, it has entered, you know Politics and politics has entered the comedy world In a way that, yeah it's yeah. You know, actually, I wanted to I wanted to back up a little bit. Well, if if you wanted to say something, but I I I, I, I kind of wanted to back up to, to the beginning. But yeah,
2: go ahead. I, I would just say, like, you know, the the sort of the leader of that is uh, Mar Bill Mar. Uh, like he's he's the like the really first comedian that started doing a political show. And I'm sorry, he it's just mostly not funny. He's just making points, and you know, has just sort of crossed over into this bivating nonsense spewer of just political garbage but he was definitely you just like, like reactionary
0: centrism it's it's kind of yeah. uh, like or something i don't know what you call up that political it's a good term reactionary centrism <laughs> yeah. but it's just kind of what he is yeah. right it's just it's um yeah no it's a good point i mean and i grew up i mean I i'm trying to remember like i think when i was when did he start getting that show? That you know, when did he start getting? Because uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Because you know, like as an immigrant, like I kind of wasn't. It took me a while to get into comedy. I mean, I've always – you know was watching the TV and, and and sort of saw some of these acts and saw some of these personalities. And you know, my parents had cable and stuff, so I did watch you know HBO. Um, but you know, I'm trying to remember when he when when he got when that when that comedy when his show on HBO um, the Real News with Bill Maher started. That was in the it was in the it late was a 90s? while ago.
2: I mean, he, he first had, he first had a show on comedy central, uh, that was called politically incorrect. And then it moved to ABC and then he got fired because he said the nine 11 hostage takers, whatever they were, the terrorists, uh, were brave. And then he That's got. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Whoa. it's. He was like making the point, like you can't call them cowards, and it, and then everyone got mad, and it's like, well, he's right. Like, they're, oh, not <laughs> they're not cowards. Um, no, but, it's uh, definitely not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he got fired, and then and then he had a little break where no one wanted him, and then he came back. And so it's been like fifteen years. I want to say that he's been on. I think it was like a five year break after nine eleven, and then he got a, another chance on HBO.
0: Oh, wow. That's actually, you know, it's funny. I, I don't remember that episode at all, but that makes, that's pretty, that's actually the funniest thing he's ever said, you know, maybe, uh, as far as I'm, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that's pretty brave of him. Actually. Bill Maher is brave for saying that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, every once in a while he says something, uh, I think it's a lot less now, but he used to say something and be like, man, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, but you know, now <laughs> it's just, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just garbage
0: yeah i mean do you, i don't know who it appeals to i guess it's just some kind of an older again i guess it's like a there's a whole there's a whole i don't know like very reactionary kind of you know silent majority in this country right that's
2: yeah they are that, silent. They, that I, kind they, of stuff it, it's a very conservative liberal type that mm-hmm. that seemed to like him and because i've had this conversation with liberals i've i've been like bill maher's bad and here's the reasons and they're like i know but i still like him (laughs) they like still they still listen to it and take him at face value and and uh and i just can't understand what they're seeing like at some point he's he's had to have said things that just are intolerable to you because he said so many different things but they just keep listening and watching it and they're okay with it for some reason
0: yeah you know it's funny yeah i mean i haven't got it's like i don't remember the last time i watched this uh watched you know the, uh, the show but um you know just from the clip for like the clips that you that go around once in a while um i mean it's like you know there's like a very so like you said there's a very there's a very conservative streak to to liber- to sort of liberalism you know to to the sort of you know maybe the people even see themselves as progressives you know but there's like a, a huge conservative streak to a lot of their politics and some of the stuff can't really just be said, you know, or it's just, it just goes on, goes on unsp- unsaid, you know, the, no, people don't really bring it up. And so he gives voice to that, I think, in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, he has, he really does. Has, yeah. Yeah. And so um, it's not, not, not that surprising that he still, you know, has that, has that spot on HBO. It's, it's still like their flagship political guy. <laughs> It's pretty funny. It's really, it tells it's, you who it's watches really amazing. HBO, I guess, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's amazing to me that it's still on. Like, I just can't believe that he still gets any airtime whatsoever. But the crazy thing about HBO is you never know sort of what their audience is uh, and who's watching a show. They just kind of keep stuff on, or at least they have until now. They keep stuff on because t- uh, they can. That that show, Girls, was like one of, mm-hmm. had like one of the lo- lowest audiences in all of television, but they. Because people in Hollywood liked it, they kept it going and on. And uh, that's interesting. But, yeah. You know, yeah. So they, they how kinda... you know
1: about the how you know that the audiences was not Is
2: just, just from people in the, people in show business that I know uh-huh. uh, have told things oh, like that.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I mean, it, it's funny because it only appealed to a very small. Well, I watched it. My friends watched it, and I'm not even American.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> no, like, I think my friends very... in
2: Russia would watch it. It had a very specific audience, uh, but it didn't have anything broader than that. So, And then you also have to factor in like it you had to pay to watch it. So it just kept it smaller yeah. than it would be.
0: I mean, it's because it's, it's also HBO is a funny play, thing because it's, you know, like usually a family will get the subscription or you, how it used to be, right? Like you get the cable, you know, package. And so mm-hmm. you got to provide things for like every, you know, so you can have like the thing that your dad watches, you know you can have something for right. the, for the kids <laughs> um yeah, and something and then something for the whole family like game game of thrones or, you know and um yeah for, uh, yeah <laughs> um but you know I kind of wanted to go back a little bit cuz I think cuz we're cuz we're recording from San Francisco you know I grew up in San Francisco you know we came here in 1990 and that's where I went to you know high you know middle school, elementary school high middle school high school I went in- to Berkeley uh and so I grew up in the bay area and I know you're from Marin right I'm yeah. from Arania. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to maybe, I don't know, because we are talking about podcasts. I, 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 I wonder, you know, how you got into comedy and, you know, and how
2: you ended up in the podcast world. Well, I always, uh, I always wanted to be a comedian since I was a little kid. Like I never wanted to do anything else. So, uh, um, <laughs> it was just a matter of when I would get up the courage to go do it. Uh, so I probably started doing it when yeah. I was like 22, 23. Um, and I never. But why did you want to be a comedian? Oh, because uh, uh, I had a terrible, abusive parents who. who uh, like I, was like a, I was like a neglected kid who, you know, you I craved attention because I I didn't get it at home, basically. So uh, that's that's why I do it. That's why most stand-ups come from some sort of broken, weird home, alcoholic parent, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, there where they didn't get that sort of attention. So that's why. Uh, looking back, why I want to do it, but at the time I just thought, well, I love stand-up comedians, so I, I this is what I want to do. Um, and I was always a funny kid, so it 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 worked uh for me. And then you know I I kicked around stand-up for a long time. Uh, sort of did different things. I discovered I didn't like going on the road and doing you know different comedy clubs. So I at some point come? moved to L.A. Uh, I I. I I felt it made my act worse. And uh, I always sort of had this thing where I I wanted to do stand-up not for – I don't know how to put – I I didn't want to do it as a job. I wanted to have it as sort of my art form. So, (laughs) yeah, it's such a weird thing to say. That's interesting. such a bad art form. But, um, but yeah, I I didn't (laughs) – it's it's, really it's, one hard, it's one of the no, hardest ones. it's not, it's not ones. bad. It's actually it's not. It's not bad. It's
0: one of the hardest ones. It's I think I'd say it's um it's it's like yeah. the most brutal ones. Yeah, and it's the yeah. hard yeah, would, way
2: to make a living. Yeah, yeah. and it's, also impossible yeah.
0: to make a living basically yeah, as well. Yeah, as yeah, well, it, very difficult. Like,
2: yeah. I I I went out a few times and 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 for i like you know months at a time doing road gigs, and I was just like I I don't like this, and also I'll never forget I was working at a club in Minnesota. One of the best clubs in the country. I don't even remember the name of the headliner, but he was he was like in his 50s. And I was like a young starting out, very excited. And we go back to what is called the comedy condo where, you know, they put the up comedy condo. It's you know, pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put up standards like a, they put us up in like an apartment. It's really terrible. And he was just looking in the mirror at himself. And he goes, what happened to me? And this guy was just having this nervous breakdown while I'm just sitting there trying to drink beers and the, watch TV in the living room. And he's just, he's just like, I just want to be a stand up And now I'm just uh, on the road and nobody knows who I, am. and it, it like, just, I watch this guy have a breakdown for like an hour. And I was like, okay, I do not ever want to be that guy. Whoa. So I started focusing more on how to diversify, getting into writing and I, to acting and other things. Like I, I it was it was a profound moment for me because I also knew other guys who I had known starting out like older guys and they, their careers were nowhere and they were just on the road trying to make money and trying to have a family. I mean, imagine being away from your kid that much, like all that stuff factors into it. So I didn't want to do it. So then I started focusing on writing and, um, I got into commercial work, which I made a lot of money from. And, and I, I, I did commercial work for years and it was very funny because Stanis would be like, "Man, why don't you go on the road?" And I'd be like, "Cause I can do nothing and make money." <laughs> <I can't." laughs>
1: Wait, what do you mean uh, by commercial? I mean like advertising.
2: Yeah, no, I was I was an actor in commercials for a long time. Oh, an
1: acting, I got it. In acting! Oh, cool.
2: I didn't what's, that, yeah. what's the biggest
1: commercial?
0: Like, what's the one that I got? You know, is there are there some on? Um, are there some on YouTube?
2: No, I don't know if there are any. There's a really there's a really funny or terrible, Jimmy Dean sausage one. I don't know if it's still around, but. Uh, it was me <laughs> as a, find me uh-huh. as sort of a fat guy on a couch and I, uh, I had to, <laughs> I making it, I had to take like 80 bites of a Jimmy Dean sausage and <laughs> it almost killed me. A real one. Like okay. be, yeah. You did spit it out after every take, but I was like, I'm never eating anything like this again, <laughs> but that one ran for a while, but there were a bunch of ones I did like all this, you know, Arby's and Toyota. I did, I did tons of different commercials.
0: That's uh, uh, it's too bad there aren't so there aren't you know uh, because commercials you know don't really frequently well, get it's,
1: like it's interesting from what you're saying basically back in the day before all this like internet and like podcasting and all Stand-ups had to basically do this like um, you know traveling and to being on the road and either maybe persevered and some people have a big break or you become that guy you're describing like <laughs> who am I yeah. right but now it's like isn't it um, obviously there's still a lot of luck and most people. People like don't, you know, become famous or anything, but you cannot literally sit at home with your mic, like doing the, yeah. <laughs> the podcast. Do you see it that way? It's like, oh, the new generation <laughs> know nothing <laughs> it's, about uh, the it's hard really, life. It's
2: it's, yeah, they don't. So it's really interesting because when I started out stand up, to become good at stand up, you would have to get in your car and drive to the club mm-hmm. and watch comedians right. to learn how they did it. But the younger generation watches YouTube and Mm -hmm. they come out of the gate so much ahead of where we were starting out. Like they've studied it and learned it. They've watched a million comedians and they're just far more advanced when they start. It's really weird. Um, Interesting. And then, yeah, they can make money in a bunch of different ways. You, you know, you can have a, a, a popular Instagram thing. And I think there's a lot of people who would, otherwise be comedians but now with different mediums they can be on tiktok and that's sort of their version of stand-up because they are getting instant feedback mm-hmm. and it's it's you know they can reach a much larger audience so i think a lot of people don't go into stand-up that would have previously
0: makes mm-hmm. sense of course yeah and
2: yeah i mean it, and it is the new stand-up essentially right yeah yeah, and and you know, as much as I as much as I hate it, there's genuinely really funny people on there
1: who and we might not be in the in the loop actually about those things.
2: God, I wish. Okay, let me look up a guy right now that I I mean, I never I never remember anybody's names, but there's a there's a guy who. Have you heard of the I he does like IKEA uh
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but he was he he had the huge he did the he did the IKEA manager um sort of uh, employee kind of uh, imperson- yeah. impersonation, right? Yeah. Like
2: was- that guy and he is a stand up. <laughs> he funny. actually is a stand up. He just started doing this on the on the side to build up his audience. But that guy like he's doing it perfectly. it's from a leftist point of view. It's how shitty these jobs are. It's how stupid just the entire work world is. And, and he's funny he really makes me laugh I watch all of his videos
0: those are great I yeah. mean they were viral I mean they were like an international sensation I think the, those clips yeah. from Ikea right and I think even I, if I remember correctly Eileen Jones you know interviewed him for a Jacobin I think oh, it was so really big. Yeah, yeah maybe it's been a while I, think back seen or it. Or I it. It. I'm sure you've okay. seen it you just don't remember it yeah if Eileen yeah.
1: interviewed him probably
0: I would <laughs> I would I don't know that's the problem with the, today it's like there's just so much of this information that I, can, I can barely keep like if I can remember what you know what I need to do for the next two days I'm like already feel, feel like I'm top of the world you know um there's too <laughs> much there's <information laughs> overload yeah
1: yeah but yeah. but I, I guess could you talk about how you got into podcasting because for you dollop wasn't the first thing you did right
2: no so this is very interesting so when i hit a, a certain age what like 40 ish um and you're a white guy and nothing's happened you you really were just kind of like pushed aside. Like everyone's like, okay, we've seen you white guy, and there's a bunch of white guys. I mean, you know, there's a glut of white guys. And so there was a bunch of us who just couldn't get work. Like Hollywood had seen us, given us our opportunities, and then been like, okay, who's next? And so it was me and it was me and Jimmy <laughs> Dore and uh Jimmy Pardo and guys like that. And Jimmy Dore and Jimmy Pardo Started doing podcasting before really anybody knew it, knew what it was. There were other guys. Um, there is a podcast called uh, Yeah Dude that I listen to a lot. Which did you ever see the show Night Court? Oh uh, yeah. So uh, uh, Jonathan Laroquette, do you know who that is? He he was the attorney on on the show.
0: Okay, I think I, I think I know who you are talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So his son is one of those guys and um, on that podcast. And so they're just two guys, but they're, they're funny. Like they make me laugh and they, and they talk about like American stuff, like just little tidbits in the news and stats and stuff. And Mm -hmm. another comedian put up on Facebook, like this thing is really funny. And I was like, what is this? And I like clicked on it and, It took me to, you know, the Apple podcast page. And then I saw like Jimmy Dora's name and Jimmy Pardo. I'm like, what are these guys doing? And, And I thought it was a really good medium for building an audience. So almost every comedian I know back in that time started podcasting as a way to just get your name out there. And then hopefully you could go do a show somewhere and have an audience come out. That's the only reason we were doing it. To get an audience out, oh! So I went to my friend Greg Barrett, who whose career was on a on a uh, uh, the backside, the downside, <laughs> sliding <laughs> rapidly. He's <laughs> he sorry to interrupt. weird. So
1: and Mark Maron was like the same. That's the same trajectory,
2: right? Kind of for the yeah. Podcasting. So Mark, Mark's the exact same trick, a hundred percent. Mark was like, I cannot. Oh. Nothing is happening. Everybody doesn't, everyone. I've had all my shots. Nobody likes me anymore. And I'm just floundering. And so he started doing a podcast too around this time. I remember I sat down with Mark. We went out to dinner and he had been doing the podcast about a year. And he's like, This is just dumb. Like, my career's over. Like, this is just not going to happen. Uh, I gotta oh. figure out Something else to do
1: Wow that's what I liked It was Genuine desperation In his yeah. complaining Because I listened earlier Like genuine Not someone is like Pretending to Always like A guy in a garage Somewhere in LA This is like Desperate <laughs> I don't know this is just, yeah. I, He's also like I was young and he sounded like, now I know it's not old, but like in his forties, I'm like, what is going on? And he's crying <laughs> that his wife left him or something. I- oh, yeah. Right. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, but yeah. it was like genuinely entertaining. So I thought it was good.
0: So this is like a, kind of the Gen X, I mean, you know, kind of Gen X yeah. uh, type of uh, generation basically of comedians who are realizing that things are just, just unless they take matters into their own hands, things are just going to, you know, yeah, the, the, and, and things people, are being yanked people, out from under
2: them. Yeah. A yeah. f- couple years later people would be like, Why is it only white guys podcasting? And it's like, because we were cast uh, aside. Like we were we were literally that group of people. They're like, We've seen enough and they and pushed us. <laughs> oh, we were done. <laughs> like our careers were done unless we did something Reven- ourselves.
0: Revenge of the white guys. Right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it was right. just there was a glut of
2: us. Because there's always <laughs> more white guys. So when they're done with white guys, I they know. just push you aside and find new white guys. Like it's not hard. So, a bunch of us that age, we started podcasts. And uh-huh. I did one with Greg oh. Barrett who had, I mean, he had the craziest career, a very good stand up. But then he wrote uh, the book, She's Just Not That Into You, was with somebody else. And he got on Oprah and then had his own talk show. And it was this crazy trajectory. Huh. And then he came out of that, and everyone's like, well, you're not a good stand up anymore because he did that stuff. So, his career <laughs> was uh, just completely falling apart. And we started a podcast, and we were. Like you said, desperate, like talking about how it was completely over. Um, It was essentially a podcast about about I mean, you look back on it and it's sort of, well, this is America. Like these are two middle aged guys who it didn't work out for. Like, that's like a million guys now, right? That's Those are all the guys doing opioids and everything else. Like, we were just like, well, this is done. Uh, I don't know what to do now. So we were just describing how our lives were complete failures, essentially. Like, we had, we tried this thing and it didn't work. And all these people connected to it. All these just yeah people out there were like, yeah, man, my life didn't work out either. And so it was really fascinating. Um, because I was going to quit show business completely before we started doing that. I was totally done. I was just like, this just, it's not working for me at all. It's, you know, I'm also, I'm also very good at self-sabotage or or used to be. So, um, it was, it was the end of the road. And, uh, and then we just started talking to a microphone and it was so desperate and so pathetic, uh, and people latched on. And then we had a very, we had a very small cult sort of podcast because we were super dirty also. Um, uh, like you would go back and listen to it and be like, well, the language is really, the, the, the terms you're using are really bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, pretty you know. much for
0: every, pretty much you know, for everything, you know, for everyone, you know, it's like, you, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of, um, what do they call those of the bumpers, you know, in, in, in bowling, you know, you got a lot of bumpers everywhere. Yeah. You gotta, for sure. you gotta be careful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and so <laughs> it, be- it caught on, it, it, it caught on in Australia, um, Because a comedian named Will Anderson is a very big comedian there, uh, found it and kind of promoted it. And then we were kind of at names in Australia. And then our career started taking off. And then uh, and then Mark cast me on this TV show as an actor. And I was a writer and actor on Baron for like three years. Um, And then it just kind of then I started doing the dollop when the walking the room kind of, you know, went it's natural course. Uh, And then that kind of Mm -hmm. took off. So that's how it happened with me. And then like Jimmy Dore was the same way. Jimmy Dore started a podcast where he was just talking about stuff with this guy, Todd Glass, two, same thing, two middle-aged white guys who had nothing, nothing was happening for And then both their careers kind of, you know, went in different directions, but they both became moderately successful, you know?
1: You know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm like such an outsider to all of this, but, um, if from what you're saying it seems like you guys of this like certain generation of as you say whatever white guys invented almost um, were in the beginning of this um, medium right podcasting or whatnot and then in a way the next generation oh I don't know what's the generation yeah. either millennials or even zoomers now use it completely different they don't comment it, uh, to it uh, like mid career or desperate, or is it end of the rope type of thing, they just start with it and can blow up, and everything 's kind of easy It just is that is that right like the way things worked yeah. out
2: yeah, so the medium the medium took off and uh, and then it became a completely different vehicle. Then it became mm-hmm. a way to you know start out. Whereas opposed to yeah. us, yeah. we were all like, "What do we do? Well, how do we how do we make a living?" Like that's what we were all doing. And yeah. they just saw it as no, a totally different. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: I mean, you know, it's my so my friend, you know, uh, my friends actually, you know, who also have a you know a, 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 a pretty successful, successful podcast. podcast, yeah, the, the Warner, you know, Mark, uh, Mark and John. Oh yeah, I you know yeah, I
2: subscribe to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're you know they have a very similar story in in, in, in essence, you know. I mean, like the, the, end the at the end of the line, kind of you know, and everything's. Mm-hmm you know they're not getting any younger <laughs> uh the car- career is not going places really you know i mean uh they might have a following you know might they might they might have some fame but like um you know things are not like looking too bright <laughs> and so yeah. the the podcast is essentially a kind of um so yeah, it's interesting. Make so a I way know, out they're, they're all, you know, they're this, I think they're the same kind of age group as you guys are. So um, yeah, so it's 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 actually it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. But as I know yeah. this
1: because I, I I love what Mark and, and John do and whatever I've known I've known them for a while too. But I kind of sense such a different vibe about like let's say their podcast and just their career and what they do. It's almost like a university and kind of like almost yeah. I don't know like like history lectures are great, but mm-hmm. it's very different from the kind of light-hearted. Something twenty-five-year-olds do, yes, on the yes. podcast, yeah. even if they're smart or banter, do history. Like, yeah, yeah and, like, and, you know. and there's just yeah, there's no, there was no struggle, yeah, for them. Yes, that's no, right. No. You know, there's something <laughs> it's, l- like yeah. it's. <laughs> they, they just like listen. It's, super, it it's like,
0: super. It's more superficial too. I mean, uh, in some level, yeah. because I mean, well, John and Mark, you know, I mean, they they come at it. It is like you know, they, 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 there's different types of episodes, but yeah, it is like almost a, you know, it's like a yeah like a podcast university or something you know like where you um you know you really learn something and they prepare you know pretty deeply for for, for the, the for the episodes and uh and things like that where it's not just sort of like i don't know just a couple of friends you know who kind of just riff on riff on uh what the latest sort of twitter drama right. is and and kind of and an appeal to a you know, or or like doing cute kind of videos for tiktok you know i don't know like viral little little like Little jokes, yeah. It's a whole different. I mean, it. It. it, it, it I guess it's to your point. Je, is that it? Kind of shows the the fact that they're like they come at it from this, from like the other side, you know, from like the over the hill side essentially. Um, yeah. they have like yeah.
1: No, but what they produce is like it's. Um, I don't know whether the terms quality. Yeah. No, it's, it's higher Same. quality. I guess you could right. say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Door puts a lot of effort into his episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: guess he does, I
0: think.
1: <laughs> well, it looks yeah. like very busy. But the screen I mean, is serious. very it's busy. It's crazy. You know? Have They're you pretty noticed? they serious
0: about things, yeah. Know
1: um, <laughs> how busy the screen looks. How it's busy. insane. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, like yeah, five the screenshot things. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very busy. That's a YouTube trick. Um, yeah. You want to put as many graphics as you can on to grab someone with the thumbnail to make them watch. Uh, but It's just so... It's just so simple brained Like that. the way That busyness doesn't attract intelligent people I think it attracts no. The dummies No it's
0: interesting So you know it's funny It's like again like You know so speaking of the internet You know like it's so This, this technology you know Podcasting was kind of lying around And wasn't really being put to use And, and so yeah it's interesting That it's essentially a kind of A, um, a generation of people Who kind of are on the, on the downslope You know who kind of took it up As a, as a desperate measure
1: but they. But all I'm saying is, yeah. okay, it was a desperate it's, measure, but they created something and brought it into existence, and mm, other people exactly. made
0: of it. <laughs> no, exactly, and it only to be cast aside once again.
2: You, you know, <laughs> <Yes. proof>. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. I mean, now it's now it's a, you know, it's going through all these different <laughs> cycles and different things, and and you know, we were from the generation of we were the first generation, generation X that was it became very obvious to us that there was no get a job and then you'll stay with that company forever and move on it 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 was i remember my dad saw me down he's like you you know you have this part time job at a bank you should have security and and you know get a full time job at the bank and you can do your little stand up stuff on the side but that job will be with you forever and i was like no it won't they fire people left and right now they cut back all the time like we were the first generation to understand like There's no company, there's no one out there that's going to help you. So we were kind of, you know, grabbing for this kind of stuff.
0: No, yeah, it's interesting I guess, you
1: know, the equivalent of bank job now is a tech job Because, I guess, (laughs) usually people in tech, even if they lose one job They immediately find another, at least in our friend circle, it's like that So it's, I guess, an equivalent that sort of holds But, hey, (laughs) I don't know people with tech jobs being good (laughs) stand-ups or artists or anything So
0: Yeah, you know, actually, because you're a a Bay Area native I actually wanted to ask you, you know, because I'm just so down on San Francisco Usually, and I, you know, and uh, Daniel was always <laughs> kind of laughing at me for it. And, and I actually wanted to ask because I know that you – so you 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 performed out in some clubs in San Francisco, right? Even one that's like out, – was out on Clement Street,
2: right? And um, the, Yeah, that was that my like- – that was where I started. That was probably the best artistic uh, and uh, for certainly for stand-up city in the country at the time because rent wasn't very expensive. And uh, there was just a very sort of left – um, sort of mindset out there that is now just completely gone. Yeah, but it, it, it was because no, a lot just, of comedians it, came out of that world, like
0: uh, um, oh, a ton I mean, of uh, like, yeah, yeah,
2: Patton, uh, you know, Patton Oswalt, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, Greg Greg Proops. Although <laughs> I don't know what I think about that anymore, but. Um, yeah, there were there were like literally. Tons was it of Margaret
0: us Cho things. also came out uh, of? Yeah, stand-up. Margaret. I
2: started with Margaret. Um, yeah, there, there's just a million. We we had tons of comedians, and then even comedians that didn't live there, like David Cross, would come and stay there for six months. Like it was just you know everybody wanted to be in San Francisco doing stand up.
1: <laughs> what do you think of the city now? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. When did that when did that start, stop? You know, in the night
0: at the end of the '90s, probably right. Yeah,
2: it really yeah. It was the the dot the dot com boom uh in the you know whatever late 90s was the beginning of the end um the whole the whole mission area used to be uh you know or south of market <laughs> those places were you know you'd be a little scared to walk down there before but it was just full of life and full of um people from you know, different countries and 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 different communities and and it had you know it had that that kind of vibrant sort of thing that I love. And now it's just wall-to-wall expensive restaurants yeah. and places like that. The the soul of the city is just completely hollowed out.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we kind of moved out. So we moved out here. So I grew up, you know, in the 90s when I was a kid. Obviously, you know, when you move to a place, you don't really know what it was like before. But I basically, I think, caught the, you know, when I was... A, in my early teens probably caught the very end of you know the end of this stuff, and I remember you know, like, yeah, like it's funny how you, you correlate essentially kind of poverty and 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 dangerous neighborhoods with essentially with a kind of a vibrant culture and <laughs> a vibrant <Yes>. cultural <laughs> life, you know. As soon as that, as soon as that, disappears, as, as, dis- yeah, as soon as that disappears, you know, you're fucked. uh, you know, the place is dead, and it's true, you know.
1: Well, the place is very is strange,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very strange. We used to of the market we used to call six sixteenth and stabbing because so many people got stabbed there, (laughs) and yet that's where my favorite burrito place was. I go there all the time. It was just
0: yeah, or there was like Cap Street, which you get like a cap in your ass, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) which is you know kind of parallel to Mission, uh, yeah, no, and and it's you know exactly, and so I because you know we moved back here with just about a year, you know, over just over a year ago, and we walk around some places in the center. I'm like, I used to not like, I used to not like set foot in this place, you know, just cause now yeah. it's all just like condos. And, you know, again, I was a kid, so it's, you know, I was like, maybe had a slightly over, um, overblown sense of the danger there, but, but still, it's just like the islands of, it just, it's what it, it is a f- kind of a fucked up situation where, you know, poverty and, and, and crime and, you know, and per- I guess maybe a perceived sense of danger just ultimately correlates with yeah, something, something, something that has life to it. Um, but it yeah. is Strange. Yeah. Strange. But yeah, and so well, the- and so I don't know. Like yeah, we go to a com- there's actually we go to an imp- like a, a small comedy place just around the corner on Hate Street. What's the bar called? The Milk Bar. Uh, the Milk Bar. Milk. milk I don't know or if the it existed back Probably day. didn't exist when you obviously when you were here. But you know, no. and there are some people. Some people come through here. There's like a tiny little now world of yeah. of yeah, and there's a, we there's a couple of clubs here, and like there are a lot of people who work in tech and kind of do this on the side. Yeah, and you think you
1: know. maybe right?
0: Yeah, I mean there was the guy that uh, organized that that comedy club uh, better than therapy.
1: Ah, oh, better than therapy. Yeah, right.
0: there's okay. a tech guy. Yeah, so we just, but it's. it's I don't it's, think
1: it's very vibrant. No, it's not.
0: It doesn't seem vibrant at all. Yeah, there's just people kind no. of starting out and moving on immediately, basically. Yeah,
2: and they're and the tech people are just. I mean, uh, they're just a void of humanity. Like they're they're just <laughs> the worst. So, I mean, uh, yeah. they're yes. they've hollowed that city out. I'll never forget. I went back there to do a show, the dollop, and the when we were starting out, and we did like a pretty big like we were pretty happy pretty big venue and afterwards I was like let's go to this bar it's a dive bar I used to go to and this guy in chinos walks up in like a button up shirt and he's like hey what makes you guys tick and And he goes I just want to know know what like what what are you guys into and I was like are you looking for like a fucking app idea like are you going around sourcing human beings to try to find an app idea and he's like whoa you guys aren't cool and I was like no get the fuck away from me (laughs) But that's what I was like. This sounds like a pickup line,
0: you know? (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. What makes you guys tick? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's, I it's,
1: don't know. It, to me, it seems just bland in comparison bland. to Los Angeles. Even if it's awful and like weird, at least it's not bland. That's one thing. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So San
0: Francisco is just it's gray. monoculture. You know, it's a monoculture city. You know, it's like c- it's actually pretty diverse in terms of you know the
1: well the color of skin. Yeah, the color everyone of skin works works in is in diverse. Tech.
0: But then, like in terms of class yeah. and, and and kind of and just a sort of ideology, and just a outlook on life. You know, it's like this very. Like, you know, again, always says it has a very, this has a very puritanical Protestant work ethic vibe and everybody's just into yeah. work. Everybody's very, very worried about, you know, it's just, it's a very professional oriented, um, cl- closed off city, you know, like there's not, it's just, it's, yeah. uh, it's, and then of course, and, just, and everyone who's, who isn't like that has been, you know, pushed out just because they can't afford to live here. And so, um, and
2: so, and then, and then don't want to live there anymore yeah no it's you know, yeah. The, it, and, it's it's certainly not a city for, you know it hasn't been a city for artists for a long time at this point yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to
0: buy a house in the, in the city you gotta have you know you gotta plug down at two million minimum you know so it's like who can who can yeah who can, uh, yeah, who can <laughs> there's not that many people can afford that you know but it is interesting to me because i know that you know i know that it had like a vibe a very vibrant and a very it was a very different world and it's hard to you know comp- explain this to people who've you know hadn't kind of, i've only experienced at the very very tail end of it and as a kid i you know i barely was aware of it
1: uh, Dave, i'm curious when you were around was hate ashbury obviously it wasn't like 60s <laughs> but like 90s was it still something going on here or just what like punks who are Smoking weed What so, is going on
2: I I lived on Hate Ashbury For a year um, it, it, it was How would I describe it I would describe it as it, If you go up to Seattle now There's still guys Who sit around And wear flannel And that's kind of how it was Like there were still these guy. There, were They were these People who still wanted to be hippies And they would just kind of Hang around <laughs> It was just kind of lame Um there was nothing punk about it. It was uh, extremely crime ridden. Like you, your car was broken into constantly. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It was not. Yeah, still, still like I, that I didn't like living there. I really, was in huh? Lower Hate one night because uh, there was a bar down there we used to drink out all the time, and the cops came in and said, uh, "Hey, after midnight, no one walk uh, west because people are getting stabbed," <laughs> and then they walk out. <laughs> So that's.
1: Wow. Well,
0: well, even when I was growing up here, lower hate was considered, you know, a bad neighborhood because it was just. Yeah, it was considered a bad neighborhood, you know, because, I mean, it's funny. It's like the more, basically, the more more black people who are in the neighborhood, basically, the more bad it was considered, you know, it's like, it's like a a direct one to one, you know, it's like, it was just like, it was just, I mean, it's pretty, it's incredibly how, like, just racist the whole fucking situation was. But but it was just, people wouldn't live there, you know, so it was like just run down. The landlords who owned the places, you know, they never would fix up the, it was just, it was sort of the it was allowed to be run down completely, mm-hmm. and so now yeah. it's like this. It's just it's a whole different vibe. I mean, the I don't know what what the bar was. I mean, a lot of those bars st- still kind of stuck around. Um, you know, they have become kind of nice bars now with like with like meetups, with, you know, with te- like tech meetups and stuff in them. You know, like, <laughs> <Right>. um,
2: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, but the one I used to go to is yeah. What was it called? I was something in fog.
0: It was oh, a, 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 it was a b- dog in the uh, fog or something like that. Like dog in the, it closed down and, and it dog. moved, it moved up to upper Oh, It did close down. It, it moved up upper height. I think closed down during the pandemic only. Yeah. So it's, 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 Oh, interesting. And it's moved here, actually, next, not far from where we live, because we live in the hate, in Upper Hate. Uh, and um, oh, you do, yeah. Okay. So that's why I think that's why we asked. Yeah, I mean, look, the city is just, you know, the city's had 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 a vibrant, you know. It's like even like the the the, the kind of there's like some parts of town that you can't gentrify out because there there's public housing there, right? So there's you know the projects, yeah. you know, as uh, as we used to call them uh, back in the day, and like so you can't gentrify that out, you know. You he can't like they 're not market rate rent, 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 you know, rental properties right so so' it's like it 's funny, right. and like every time i 've come back and visited my parents after I left this place and uh, you know I would like notice like the island you know like the, the condos and stuff, they would just creep up to that to that patch you know to, to these blocks of the, of public housing you know and now they just like are a butt you know completely surround everything you know <laughs> except the public housing it's, it's like it 's completely um, it's pretty interesting, you know, oh, like depressing. to watch it to watch it happen in, in almost in kind of real time. Um and again like, yeah. you know, um Again, it's just it's it's just kind of weird that it's yeah, like it just sucks the life out of the city uh, completely. But yeah, so I mean, and so it's not surprising, I guess, that the comedy world. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know how this affects how this you know because the similar thing is happening in L, in Los Angeles, obviously, right? But like, it's not like it's not like mm-hmm. the comedy scene still exists in in LA, right? It's not like it got completely <laughs> squeezed out by the fact that it's just you know impossible. You know, it's expen- more and more expensive, and you know, it's a lot more expensive than
2: it used to be. I mean. The thing about doing stand up when you're starting out is you have to have low rent because you're in a really difficult position because you have to work during the day, but then you have to stay up late at night. Uh, so you, uh, usually people try to get part time jobs and then make a little money from stand up or something yeah. else. Um, so you really, it's really, uh, you're in a catch 22 because you want to audition during the day for things. And do stand up at night. It's it's a really difficult thing. That's why most stand ups, particularly now, um, and certainly when I was starting out, uh, come from um, backgrounds where their parents have money uh, and can help support yeah. them. Um, so I think that's a problem in L.A. I've definitely seen uh, comedians complaining about it, the younger ones, and talking about what city they should move to. So it's it's definitely an issue here. I mean, rents. Pretty high. My my buddy just got a one bedroom and it's like thirty four hundred or something. Just, yeah, it's so no, it, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah,
0: no.
1: Exactly. We used to have a rent control in Santa Monica that we abandoned. Yeah, shouldn't have abandoned it.
0: <laughs> oh, and we've right, done that oh. right a already. <laughs> so.
1: I mean, we did. <laughs> oh my god! I what know. Well, no, yeah, it
0: was right <laughs> next to Google. You know that they built when we were there. Yeah, they because the, you know that Frank Gehry building mm. on the on the on the um we were right around the yeah. corner from that. Yeah, uh,
1: should have made an Airbnb out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's interesting. yeah. So there's like a like a more of a class thing creeps in again. So the people, who, the only people who can get into stand up are the people who can... Or any
1: arts. It's similar. Yeah. It's, similar it's, kind it's, of, it's like I widespread mean,
0: across pretty much everything. It's you know? not just yeah. stand up. Yeah. Because uh, like like if you lived in like you know Hollywood uh, somewhere off Hollywood Boulevard, right? I mean, it must have cost nothing to be the dude to live there in the '80s, like because just the place was must you know like. Like, yeah, I can't even, I, I don't, yeah. I
2: lived in the Castro for a while, like three years. I paid $275 and that was in like, you wow. know, for, for an apartment, 90s. for a whole apartment and had my a room, own room. For, a room for, for no, God, we had three awesome. of us in there. So it was like a thousand dollars for the whole apartment, three bedroom apartment, a thousand dollars. And I had a garage like <laughs> just, wow. that's what you pay un- for like, a room
0: now. A thousand dollars. It's least yeah. what it yeah. is At now. Least. At least a minimum. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. And if you want a garage, you'd pay, you know, yeah. a couple hundred <laughs> on top of that. So, yes. A, a <laughs> lot more.
2: Yeah. I got the garage for free. They were yeah. like, yeah, you can have the garage. Yeah. <laughs> No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's well, maybe
1: because initially we started talking about the whole move to the right wing because there's some money in it, right? Yes, that's why people move there, like the comedy. Yes. That's I guess I don't know if you want to talk about it, but that's just one of the things that drives it, maybe.
0: No, exactly, and again, and I, yeah, yeah, with journalism too, I, I think I, you know it's like there's just more money. The right is always pay, you know, it's, there's just more money on the right. You know, the left's never paid uh, anything. <laughs> uh, and there's not that many people on the left, you know, in terms of just right. in the, even like the mar the, the market, um,
2: there's much more money on the right. They also, you know, if you start spewing right garbage, people like the Cokes will come out and throw you money and like you get giant benefactors to toss you cash. Like it's, it's an endless stream of money when you go. Yeah,
0: right. no, exactly. No, it's and and. And like the sad thing is, is like it's kind of now because everything is, I don't know, like the, I don't know, like you don't even need like a, a grant from the Koch Foundation or something, you know, to to go there. It's like again, the, the the way that the the market, the media market, is now geared, you know, where you get again like direct to consumer stuff. It's like you get because there's just also bigger audiences on the on the right and bigger audiences with money. Um, you get kind of, and you get ampli- Essentially, you know, there's just a, a lot more subscribers there, and you get amplification, you know, by sort of these sort of. So there's like, mm-hmm. oh, these things work in concert now. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, it was like sort of obvious. It's like, oh well, he now he went to work for the right. you know for the Charles Koch Foundation or whatever. And it's like it's kind of obvious what's what's happening. But I'm su-
1: actually kind of surprised because of the subscription model allows you know you survive you know by like people subscribing giving you like just five dollars <laughs> at yeah. a time so actually the left-wing world should have been stronger but from what i know okay there's chapa but generally speaking it's not right yeah. it's not very vibrant i don't I know mean, unless, it's just i don't uh, know what i just what think dave the
0: economies have, of i think economies are just complete. oh you're asking him yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good sorry dave. about that yeah I, I, <laughs> of course yeah dave yeah my apologies. I know I, yeah, I, I no need words. you in the room. Otherwise, I'm thinking like, who am I talking to here? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, like why you're not here? I mean, you just keep disappearing for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I just stop, need to stop drinking. I guess is the thing is what I need to stop doing.
2: All right. It, it is. I. It is very interesting that that th- it should be the space for the left, but. Uh, it really is the rights making all the money. I mean, we're watching these guys mm-hmm. shift to the right to make, I mean, Jimmy's I mean, I mean, you know, his leftism was always uh, rather confused, but it, it, to watch him, his subscribers have gone through the roof since he swung right on all this stuff. And you're seeing that with, you know, journalists on Substack also, which is, I think you're completely correct. Like you would think that with this $5 model that, Mm-hmm. This is a place where the left should do fine, but it doesn't seem like anybody is really doing that well. No, on it's the true. Left. No, I I think you right. have I a mean, theory
1: there's... why 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 yeah. I am actually it's very confusing. It is, it is
2: very confusing, and I don't I have I I really don't have a theory for it. I I don't understand. I mean, the Chapo guys I don't know if they still make great money, but they made a ton of money and they sold out theaters. Yeah. But you see everyone else just kind of floundering So I, I just really don't get it. I particularly don't get it with the Substack stuff um, You know, watching That become like a right haven Whereas you're like There's good lefty writers on there They're just not being supported So I, I have no idea what's going on You know, with the Money and why Because there's a ton of lefties out there I mean, maybe they're just all broke Like <laughs> Maybe it's just the old stereotype
0: Yeah <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, as someone as someone who is on Substack, you know, I mean, the main reason that people unsubscribe, they tell me, you know, it's like, oh man, I like money's tight right now, or like I got laid off, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna have a job mm-hmm. for a couple months, so I just I can't I can't like I'm just cutting down on what I the things that I kind of spend money on, you know, it's like a it's like one of the most common things basically that I that I you know get, uh, you know, the people who actually just even even bother to you know give a reason for why they're unsubscribing, um, right. I mean, I, yeah, I get I just that think, when people unsubscribe, yeah. and I, I you get know, a lot and, of I, that, and I usually I, I lost try my to job. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. It's super, I, I totally understand, that and I usually give people some, you know, I, I like, oh well, not much. I can help you. I mean, f- good luck out there, but at least I can give you some, some, some months of free, uh, free subscriptions. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I think just look. I just don't think that leftism, whatever, is th- th- all that popular in America. To be honest, and you know, I think yeah. there a lot of people got like the wrong, uh, got a sense of that there was like some kind of surge or some kind of, you know, big like I don't know socialist wave when Bernie, you know, was the his second his second you know campaign for the presidency was happening, and and there were some like sort of other, you know, related wins like AOC winning and things like that. Um, that it was like there, there was a big wave, and it, it didn't really happen, right? I mean, it's—I think it's just—it a, a, seems like a pretty, you know, pretty reactionary country. I think in the end, and yeah, and then it's surprising that, um, you know, yeah. So it just doesn't surprise me that that much. And plus, I think you know, to do journalism, I mean, a lot of these people who are on Substack and make money on Substack, they don't really do journalism. You know, it's just—it's like it's basically punditry, or like you know, they're running their mm-hmm. their. It's punditry stuff and, and and reaction to culture war um, things you yeah know? and and so and so real journalism takes a lot of effort actually it takes a lot of effort over you know a, pe- a period of weeks and months uh, sometimes you know and and all that time you really can't publish right and so the right. problem with this kind of subscription model is that people do. W- you know it, it does require you to constantly feed the beast you know you gotta feed the th- this thing um, and yeah. you gotta produce new you gotta put out material and so so, so hot yeah. takes yeah. yeah hot takes you know like in culture war it's like almost made for the, for it right yeah. so it's I and like you were saying in the in the beginning it's like you you were saying that some comedians um you know kind of like it didn't ruin them right or like but it sort of they kind of went for where the audience was and they you know tailored yeah. their act to the audience and we kind of see that i think I, i'm i see i've been sort of seeing that on a on a on a big scale in in the in the journalism world you know um in a way that i think wasn't possible before before you could understand really what the, the people wanted <laughs> you know yeah um
2: yeah or, I also think a lot of uh, most of the, the like real leftists I know in L.A., they're all doing mutual aid stuff. They're not they're not giving their money to media. They're out there doing stuff uh, for the homeless and literally doing stuff on the ground. I mean, all the mm-hmm. you know younger people I know that are leftists are are really into mutual aid and setting all that up and, you know, helping people. So I think they don't really think about like. But where would you rather spend your money? I could give it to this person who needs shoes, or I could, you know, give it to a guy who's writing. And I think they they value mutual aid more because I know there's a big push to do mutual aid, you know, with leftists that are younger.
0: No, that's a good point, and a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I see kind of that's that maybe yeah be-
1: right. Remember when you people who were like helping sort of the homeless encampment in um, what is it Echo Park? Yeah, in Echo Park, right and just like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. That seems to be like the most active people were doing that, not <laughs> yeah. not interested in and, it. And, and they're right
0: to do that. Yeah, like just because they're trying to work on a local level and build some kind of political structure right on on a local level, right. and then help people directly rather than you know pay like well, you know <laughs> you know become the like the millionth subscriber you know for this um whatever you know for this sort of I don't know. Already, uh, yeah. No, yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah. How much does that do? You know, in the long run, we're supposed to. I, I have a real like, I, I, the, my, my thing with mutual aid is like, it's totally great to have mutual aid and to help people, but it, like, the more that they make things hard, the more we give money to, to mutual aid, and everything just gets worse. Like, it's just a total <laughs> shit show.
0: It's got to work, or you got to run faster. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta get no, but you know, but I I'll say this, you know, I've been kind of, you know, like it's part of the larger critique of this sort of political podcast world, you know, um, you know, and people like Jimmy Dore, but you know, not just Jimmy Dore, it's everybody on the left, you know, it's like or or on the right,
1: true or not, like okay, loud, but it's mostly entertainment. Just
0: I mean, it's and also like they're focusing always usually on like the big national, you know, political, um, like whatever the conflicts are, you know, it's like always national politics. Yeah. whatever what biden said you know what nancy pelosi said what like you know what trump said or what's you know like it's like it's all on that level and partially again because of the market um incentives uh in these platforms like you don't really want to no one's going to highlight the work of the of you know these kind of young people who are doing trying to do some local politics and doing mutual aid or trying to like set up some kind of grassroots organizations you know let's say in los angeles because like, it doesn't bring in the audience, you know? Like, the audience isn't into right. that. First of all, it doesn't give you, like, that dopamine rush of, like, you know, reinforcing your hatreds, essentially, and doing the, the getting the, getting the kind of, like, the negative laughs almost, you know? Getting the hates, getting the hates. Yeah. Uh, from, from your audience. And also, it's like, it's such a, it's kind of niche, you know? It's a niche issue. So, the people who would yeah, be interested in, like the, interested in that is like, possibly interested in that like a small subset of like the larger audience that you're chasing, right? And so, would you would this media? It's like again the incentives of the of the market, right? Are like just push people in that direction and like you, you when you with these platforms. I don't know if you've experienced that, but like just even writing for Substack, I've experienced that 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 pull. You know, that's the gravity of the of the basically of like the, the of the of the statistics and like the dashboard. You know, like yeah. that gives you exactly you know how many people subscribe from say certain <laughs> post, and so like you know. And if you're like worried about money, you know, you're going to be drawn into that direction. Cause like you want that, you know, you, you want to make money. You want to make a living off this stuff. And so it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a real, it's the pull is really strong, obviously. Uh,
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a mindfuck. Like on the, on the dollop, like the the people overlook our numbers. We're like, you know, you should really do more like Hamilton and, and Aaron Burr. And I was like, those are the ones I don't like doing. Like. But that's mm-hmm. the ones that people want to listen to the most, like the names that they understand, as opposed to some weird little story about you know a leftist from the 1800s. They, it's just more interesting to them to hear that big name thing, and those are the ones that I'm like, I don't care about that stuff. You no, know, it's <laughs> it's just it's just audiences are just kind of lame with that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no, audiences are really are like they should, uh, and sadly, like you know not to not to dismiss the audiences here um that are listening to this but
1: um <laughs> but almost like the old school uh, basically, structure where you had like a, what do you call it, like philanthrop, like <laughs> what what was the word back in the day? Basically, have one, yeah, yeah, rich one person, rich, just... one rich person sponsoring your art <laughs> and you might yeah. have a lot of freedom within that expression, especially if it's not too like I don't know. Once,
0: but <laughs> it has to, its own constraints. You can't course. piss off the you can't piss off like the king. at your you court yes, in the yes. court of yeah, you right. Can't.
2: And I and I pissed off a lot of liberals, and we lost a lot of audience at the beginning of the pandemic, or when oh. Congress wasn't doing anything. I was like, you know, this is bullshit, and all these people got mad and left. They're like, you're no different than Trump. Liberals don't really don't want to hear um, anything negative. <laughs> They're super into opium, as I call it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we that's where we mostly lose audience. One thing I would say that's very interesting, you know, you bring up the the left stuff is when when I have described what leftism is versus liberalism, a lot of liberals go, oh, I'm a leftist. (laughs) Like, they don't even have any idea. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing to me about comedy in the generation I grew up with, is that most of these people came from middle-class sort of backgrounds and were supported by their parents. And if you came from a middle-class background in America in the 80s and 90s, you have no concept of what socialism is Or anything to the left You you don't have Any understanding of any Socioeconomic stuff You've never read a page of Marx So they just don't know anything Like they're, they're like an ideological void Almost um, But when you explain to them Like well this is what I believe in As opposed to like market forces You know and everything else that Is being done and they go oh yeah I believe in that Stuff too But our our comedians are especially people who started in the 90s like it's just a void of ideology it's a total void they just weren't raised with any any i wish i could i mean you were here in the 90s i don't know how old you were but it it was just like a playground (laughs) like it was just there wasn't a lot of depth going on at all not a lot of thinking about any of this stuff
0: no, I mean I was so I was I was born in 1981. So when I came here in the 90s, so I was nine years old. You know, so yeah, 1990. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Wait, what about Carlin? But that's older generation because he seemed to be thinking a lot about, about those things. Yeah. Even, yeah. About the. Yeah, so he came out of
2: the 60s. That's when he formed. But I, I always compare the 90s to like a cocaine party. That's essentially what it was. Like it was just. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't go wrong. There was so much money flowing around, and it was just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs>
0: It's, and it still hadn't really like, yeah, things are kind of cheap still, but yeah, there was like a, yeah, there's a boom here and yeah, no, I mean, my brother, you know, I kind of taught the very, very tail end of that, a little bit of that because my brother, I have an older brother and, you know, a lot of, some people, like he was, when he was out of college, you know, he was, he worked in a startup that was like just just taking money from like investors from the Midwest that had no idea about anything that just knew that they had to like mm-hmm. invest in a startup you know Inve- invest yeah. in the dot com but they didn't even in the dot com boom <laughs> and they were just like it's a company that we just had no... Like, it didn't even have an idea, you know? They kept changing, their like, their product, you know? Like, they were, like... At some point, they became some, like, shopping assistant, you know? Like, so there was no internet shopping, you know? Like, there was no shopping at the time, but there was just... My brother was saying how they got, like, a yeah, delegation of just these, like, Middle West, Midwestern guys, you know, who had no idea about anything, and they were just... And so, yeah, like, so... he was, And he made know, a
1: lot of money. Yeah, he made
0: decent money for, like, you know, for a kid just out of college. Yeah, like, people were just buying cars, yeah. you know, buying, you know, yeah, like, just... Just buying toys and you know, and sort of like when just burning through resources and without really uh, thinking about it. Yeah. Um
2: thinking at all about it. I I worked I worked at a a thing called Comedy World, which was a a, online radio network. Uh, and and I remember we were on air one time and I was like, How many people have broadband in America? Producer was like, "It's like four percent." So I was like, "Wait, <laughs> we're doing this for nobody," and we were like a hundred million dollar company. Like, <laughs> wow, it's just ridiculous. But there was no, no there audience; was, like, no one could listen. <laughs> that's pretty
0: funny because you because it was streaming. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, it like, cost too much yeah. basically. Yeah, because they had to do yeah. the dial up. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it wasn't even it, they hadn't even put it in most areas yet. Like, there just wasn't yeah. broadband around. What years was that? That was like two thousand. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. Different times. Yeah. The times are still, still, we still live in a, yeah. Well, it's like those times are over. We're in for, for, for sad times, you know. No, no cocaine party. It's the hangover now, you know. (laughs) It is definitely, and you can definitely
2: the day after the cocaine party. You can tell people
0: are really bummed out, generally speaking, you know, like in pretty, pretty pretty morose about everything yeah
2: <laughs> it's pretty it, it's generally fucked up on every level you're like that's bad that's bad that's bad the COVID thing is not helping <laughs> at all no, no. Yeah. and
1: People the are, war
0: and there's the, <laughs> and war, the war there's just oh, yeah <laughs> amazing which, yeah well all right well i think we've he- oh,
2: kept you long enough
1: yeah oh wait before i go, i i have a question do you yourself listen to any podcasts
2: do I listen to any podcasts? I do.
1: I don't know if you want, want to say what they are, but mostly like conceptually, I, I keep wondering because my theory is people listen to podcasts because they somehow get hooked um, on to some like virtual friendship, imaginary friendship or some kind of oh, attachment that's to this. Friends, it's almost like um, s- kind of, you know, like a sitcom. Back in the day, it would be a sitcom or something you associate with yeah. those people and now they are real people. It's not sitcom characters. They're real people, but they're not your friends. But it seems like they're <laughs> virtual friends or some uh, that, like that. That's Do you have that? Uh, that's
2: hundred percent what podcasting is. That absolutely virtual friends. So yeah. That's
1: my kind of thing. Because I sensed yeah. it a little bit with 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 Mark. Because I you know I started listening in two thousand nine, and then I like didn't listen for years, and then I started listening a few years back again. Anyway, but it's like sort of my uncle or something. You know, yeah. it's really weird.
2: It's bizarre. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that's that was sort of my relationship with the the uh, yeah dude guys Laird Kit uh, uh-huh. his son, uh, and then I and then I ended up meeting them through you know show busy stuff and <laughs> it was just very weird. I'm like I I know you guys and they're like we don't know you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no you
0: don't. It, it is a very stalkery kind of yeah it's a very stalkery media yeah. medium yeah yeah because you know really is.
1: So you have similar like the one the the, the podcast here like the ones you really have been listening to. It's sort of like that, even though you are podcast yourself. So the relationship is somewhat similar.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I listen to the uh, the Trillbillies. Um, I listen to Citations Needed. Okay. Uh-huh. I stopped yeah. listening to I, I stopped listening to a lot of comedy ones. Uh, I listen to Tofop, which is an Australian podcast. Wow, uh, oh, I know uh, none of. Okay. no, I know, I know, I know some of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I listen to Q Anonymous. I listen to Chapo.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I listen. Well, that's to, a lot. I that's a lot, man. How do you have
0: so much time?
2: I don't. <laughs> I go in and out of. You know what? I surf, so I have to drive an hour to surf. Oh. So that's mostly where right do my podcast listening. I listen What's to the it, Irish. Where, all right, Is an it, Irish a, history podcast. Mm-hmm. that um, makes sense
0: yeah so you commute a little bit yeah. you know, to the surf spots yeah, yeah. that's perfect for that <laughs> Commute
2: yeah. to the surf. <laughs> I, I, to a, I mean they stopped doing it but I, I one called up to 90 which was an Irish a couple of Irish comedians
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and I think that's about it and I listened to some some like history ones uh mm-hmm. like behind the bastards is very similar to us but I really like it
1: yeah. Oh, have you heard I I I keep, I guess asking people if few people know about it. You know, this comedian and, and I guess filmmaker Chris Morris, Br- British, right? Who Chris I've Morris he made uh, like I he made Four other... Four Lions a movie but he Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, a day yeah. To day. Oh yeah,
2: I, I think I met yeah, met him.
1: Oh, you met him? Wow. I I'm yeah, like I a huge so. I'm a huge fan, but uh, what is it? Day to day what and else like Brass Eye, Day to Day. Like he would spoof there's the that he's like, uh, these, he like did um, back in the yeah. day. But one thing he had—it I don't think it was like very popular because it was only in England on, I don't know what what radio late at night, uh, blue blue jam, no or oh, jam, blue yeah. Jam. And it's yeah, and there's a video version, but then there's audio which is I've a bit s- different. I've and only you can, seen yeah. the
2: video. I've only seen the video version. It's insane. It's insane. Great.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. it's so my. But the audio is even better, and it's different. It wasn't. I think it was initially audio, and you can get it um, in the as kind of on your podcast or iTunes I don't know you can download it somehow but you can't buy yeah. it I think you have to go to either like something archive.org I don't know where all the old stuff is that is like public radio stuff yeah and it's amazing because it's like um, you know it's not something um, it's not a weekly thing right it was done as a series and that's it right there are a few seasons of that two or three yeah and I feel like when you're depressed it really somehow helps <laughs> <But it's okay. laughs> really? I don't know there's something there's something about the, there's something there that is very uh, melancholy
2: <laughs> and there are multiple okay, characters. I just found it. Yeah, it's
1: on, on archive.org. It, yes, yes, the audiobook is it's, like it's, like it's, like,
0: it's, like it's like a surreal it's a sketch world. Sketch yeah. kind
2: of, I don't even know how, what the I mean, genre of it is. It's, I don't yeah, know, it's know like what it is.
1: It's like surreal, intellectual. It is, I don't it's, know, it's, some
2: subconscious. I've only seen the video uh, version, yeah. and I, I remember just watching it going, This is incredible, but I don't know how yes. to tell people what it is.
1: Yes, it's hard to describe. It's like a sketch Okay, in simple terms, I guess Audio or video, either way It's like a a sketch comedy Like a theater play, almost With the recurring characters Yeah Like a doctor character Who's like a (laughs) pervert And some suicidal journalist Or... (laughs) Stuff like that, very relatable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like totally, totally, like psychopathic, uh, psychopathic um, doctor, right? So, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> Come in. What <laughs> seems to be the problem? <laughs> Is that, "Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's somehow very soothing. There's something about Chris Morris's that's, voice. Uh, yeah. And uh, another, there are that's, other characters. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. There are multiple voices, so it's like more of a theater play. So." yeah and it's it's amazing I wish there were more stuff like that It's a real work of art rather than um. I don't I say how. weekly stuff is throw away it's not but you know what I'm saying like it's something you're just gonna uh, it's, it's not crafted yeah it's, yeah it's not, not like, like there's a not a craft like, yeah. I don't know so I, I wish there's more stuff like that or, I mean the
0: podcast also is like you know maybe as a final note it's like uh, you know uh, uh, the podcast is also perfect for our times right because a podcast is somewhat easy to produce you know it frequently it's interviews or mm-hmm. just you know it's easier it's not like yeah and so but in, because the world that we live in just requires a lot of
1: content requires
0: a lot of content for whatever fucking insane reason I don't know Right? just totally insane (laughs) reason makes no sense I mean Right? Like, it why?
1: Like you can listen to that blue channel <laughs> Like every few months, the we same in, thing. Yeah. Why yeah. do you need always new?
0: It's like we live. We live in a uh. world where like just requires like you. We're like Am- we're like Amazon, you know. Like we just re- we're like we need Amazon requires like just inputs of just garbage, you know, and like just to yeah. distribute to people, you know. And so we're kind of I feel yeah. like you know podcasts are a bit like that a little bit. <laughs> just uh, you know, then I'm like you know I I put myself in that in that in that in that category as well you know uh,
2: oh yeah totally I'm a slave to podcasts at this point like it's just like why, it's sometimes like why am I doing this what's happening What? why am I doing all this work right now shouldn't I be trying to work it. less
0: <laughs> don't think about it yeah just don't think about it do it just, yeah. just, do, yeah. it, you just do it yeah. you, once you start to question the, the thing you know it, it's you can only, only bad things yeah. can happen yeah
2: <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> anyway, so let's not question it I think it's a good note <laughs> to end, Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> make more podcasts <laughs> we
0: we'll make a pledge Yeah 20, 2023 <laughs> we'll make more podcasts than we've ever had you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes right. we'll It'll be the most productive we'll, we'll do like a five year plan for podcasts you know but you we...
1: asked your special case your podcast and a sub stacker woof I know <laughs> so, your content out. I, I need
0: I need to I need to uh, renew my Um. you know Meth prescription in order to get, <laughs> yeah, to, get right. my statistics up. Wow, you got
2: a prescription for <laughs> meth, huh?
0: <laughs> well, you know,
2: an Adderall. Exactly,
0: yeah. <laughs> Meth's little cousin. Yes, you know, that's right. So.
2: <laughs> All <laughs> right, thanks for <laughs> coming okay, on, yeah, thank man. You. It was very fun. Yeah, of yeah. course, this is fun.